grand land, we eat munchies, and we get really high. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Weed of Time podcast, where we get real high and eat more pie to forget our grief for Moraine so die. I'm the Shame mm-hmm. of Tarvalon, and I am here with my co-hosts Dang and Nosebo, and we are here to talk to you talk to you about Nosebo's reaction to Knife of Dreams Chapter 10, A Village in Chioda. Spoilers abound, so if you have not read past that point, leave now! And come back later, please. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being looked at if I'm as if I'm expected to say something. What are we smoking? Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, earlier, it's been a long day. I started smoking really early. Um, I woke up at five forty this morning. I was awake at five forty this morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we smoked a lot of god butter earlier, like five or six bowls. About. And then we've been smoking Aurora Blue Dream, which is a lovely little sativa, very popular strain. I've learned by watching cannabis-related shows on Netflix. <laughs> because life is just different under the dome. Also, it's a Saturday. Really? It's fine. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've smoked, like, seven bowls of that, I think. It was, like, a lot. I was fucked up for a while. And then now we're drinking stuff. I've got, I've got iced tea, which is delicious, and I've already mucked, like, half of it. I've got some key lime cherry BCAAs, uh, and I got water. What do other people have to drink? I already had my BCAAs for the day, so I do not have BCAAs. I have water in my broken water bottle. Tragic. I have Smirnoff Iceberry Blast. Because and she doesn't drink anything but vodka. Anything. Not even for tequila. Um, and Mr. some water. Feet is home. Oh, I'm drinking water as well. Um, and, and, and we've got food too. Yeah. Yes. And we're going throwback on the weed of time. One of our dependable go-to snacks. <laughs> Popcorn. Not deep fried, of course. Um, yeah, we've got a giant, giant ass bowl of popcorn. Huge I almost overflowed bowl. the popcorn maker in the microwave. It's fine. Robust. <laughs> so. It's delightful. We have one prompt for this evening and one prompt only. No spo. Mm-hmm. For many a time, many, many moons, you have said Moraine Sedai is still alive. And today, you received validation that Moraine Sedai is still alive. How do you feel? What do you think? We have not discussed this at all since you finished it. Oh, actually, here's where I'm going to insert her reading it. Small, precise writing covered the sheet, but it began, My dearest Tom, should I ship them already? (laughs) Who would have thought Moraine, of all people, would address old Tom Marilyn so? Tom, this is personal. I don't think I should read. Tom cut it and you'll see. Matt drew a deep breath. A letter from a dead eye Sedai that was a puzzle and concerned him in some way. Suddenly he wanted nothing less than to read the thing. But he began anyway. It was near enough to make his hair stand on end. (laughs) My dearest Tom, there are many words I would like to write you. Words from my heart. But I have put this off because I knew that... But I put this off because I knew things I must, and now there is little time. There are many things I cannot tell you lest I bring disaster, but what I can, I will. He carefully what I say. In a short while, I will go down to the docks, and there I will confront Lanfear. How, how can I know that that secret belongs to others? Suffice it that I know and that, and let that foreknowledge stand as proof for the rest of what I will say. When you receive this, you will be told that I am dead. All will believe that. I did not believe that! The next sentence says, I am not dead. 
Moraine is not dead, and I have never once faltered from my suspicion that Moraine was not dead. I'm so glad that you're recording this. <laughs> Tom and Moraine, and have always continue reading from the beginning. I am not dead, and it may be that I shall live to my appointed years. I love that for you, Moraine. <laughs> it also may be that you and Matt Cawthon and another, and a man I do not know, will try to rescue me. You, Matt Cawthon, and another. A man I do not know. Okay, we'll try to rescue me. So, Julian, may I say because it may be that you will not or cannot or because Matt may refuse. Tom has just known about this the whole time. He does not hold me in the affection you seem to, and he has his reasons, which he no doubt thinks are good. If you try, it must be only you and Matt and one other. More will mean death for all. Fewer will mean death for all. Even if you come only with Matt and one other, death may also make come wonderful. <laughs> I have seen you try and die, one or two or all three. I have seen myself die in the attempt. I have seen all of us live and die as captives. Should you decide to make the attempt anyway, young Matt knows... Young Matt does not know the way of which he will find you, or he would have told me. Young, she go. Young Matt <laughs> knows the way to find me, yet you must not show him this letter until he asks about it. <laughs> she just counted on him being stubborn for so fucking long. <laughs> oh, she saw it all Jesus. That is of uh, the utmost importance. <laughs> He must know nothing that is in this letter until he asks. Event must play out in certain ways, whatever the cost. If you see Lan again, tell him all. <laughs> tell him that all of this is for the best. His destiny follows a different path from mine. I wish him all the happiness with Nynaeve. Thank you, Nynaeve. I mean, thank you, Moraine. You're the best. But also, you're alive somewhere. What the fuck? A final point. Remember... What you know about the game of snakes and foxes, remember in heed, it is time and I must do um, what must be done. May the light illuminate you and give you joy, my dearest Tom, whether or not so, we will ever you heard her react to it. one another again. Marine. Wild. <laughs> <laughs> I was high when I read it. It was odd. Yeah. Yeah. She's not going to remember tomorrow. Oh, I will. <laughs> we'll get to tell her all over again. Record this episode all over again. That would be really nice, but I think I'll remember that Moraine is alive. And your other theory? That Tom and Moraine... I, I, I'm shipping them. I stand them together. And of course, I think it was my dearest Tom. And she was like, I can't... I'm not going to use this letter for, like, my heart and shit. I got important other shit to tell you instead. Do it. Good luck. I love you. Bye. <laughs> Direct quote, actually. My dearest Tom. That's what we'll put on the t-shirts we eventually sell. What was it? Direct quote, actually. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, no, I meant the... Oh. I don't even know what I said. <laughs> That's why we record it. Well, true. My dearest Tom, there are many words I would like to write to you. Words from my heart. But I have to put this off because I knew that I must. And now there is little Tom. Little Tom for Tom. Yeah, yeah. Why are you getting an accent? <laughs> What's going on? I'm excited. <laughs> Romance makes her go southern. With feral, apparently. <laughs> Boom roasted. Jesus. So? You have not talked to us about this at all. Yeah, what, what, what do you want to say? What, what do you want to say on this is the occasion of Maureen Sedai's resurrection? 
Okay, I will say first off, I did not know if it was true. I just kind of wanted it to be true, so I'm hoping I just willed it true. <laughs> Maybe in a different universe it isn't true. You yeah, know? actually, back when I read it, she stayed dead. <laughs> Some changed. <huh? laughs> well, you know, there's those wonky changes in the pattern. Mm-hmm. Fucking everything up. That'd be fucked. Could you imagine releasing different versions of every book? So nobody read a consistent version of the story. Horrible. Fuck, that would be awful. God tier move. Please never do that. Literary big dick energy. (laughs) I just want, okay. Okay, go, go, go. I just want her back now. Like, where is she? Can we go get her right now? How long is this gonna take? Like, longer than you would think. No, I want it to be now. Yeah, I want definitely it to be the next longer than chapter. <laughs> okay, but I always that Tom Part and Marine intel though. That's fair. Tom and Marine, like I knew something was up, and y'all were like, nothing is up. Oh, seven thirty-five. But you're right, that's what we said. We did say your real name. <laughs> no spell. But yeah, we said, no, you're wrong. They will never be together, no spell. Yeah, and I was like, bullshit. They're both dead. <laughs> Chemistry. <laughs> Which I still, having read the books, I, I don't I don't remember the chemistry. <clears throat> me, me either, having read the books three times. Yeah. It's only in that one scene. Where she's... Or where they're in tear. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the whole scene. That's it. And that just made you ship them forever? Yeah. I know exactly where I was in this city when I read that part and told you that part. I can't believe that all the rest of the media that we are, you know, given does not suffice for you for stories in which wildly old men are paired with women who either are half their age or appear half their age. I, I can't believe you don't get enough of that and you're just like searching for it. You're like, oh, please, one scene. Give me that sick, sick grandpa action. What the fuck? No, she didn't. She hated it when Elaine did that shit. I wasn't asking for it. It was just thrust upon me. That's what I'm saying. Disappointed. And then it became very clear to me what was happening. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Alright. You came to in a dream, it became clear. You did. Moraine's alive. Moraine's alive! I want Rand to know that Moraine's alive. How do you think he'll react? By killing her. No. I think he's going to be real fucked up by it, but in another world, I hope she just, like, gives her a big hug. I feel like I'm glad you're back. Help me. I have problems. (laughs) You know? (laughs) And then going to be like, I want to hug Moraine because she's my sister and I love her. (laughs) You know? And Moraine's going to be like... But how? Don't you... Er, sorry. Go ahead. No, never mind. Go ahead. I think you need to think about a little bit where Moraine is right now. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think. I think you're going to be a little bit wrong about how people feel because I think like Lan is going to feel so incredibly guilty. But how would he know? You think Lan would be that logical? Yeah. Like upon finding out that she was alive, he would he would feel bad for going, Oh, I didn't try to find her. I didn't I just accepted she was dead when in fact I think it's very reasonable to understand why Lan thought she was dead. I agree, but I don't think Lan's going to see it in those clear terms. I think he's gonna be an emotional bitch about it. Because he is an emotional bitch. No. <laughs> he is a self sacrificing bitch. He will feel bad, and Marine will tell him not to feel bad. And he will still feel bad. It's true. How's Nynaeve gonna react? 
unclear at this moment in time. You remember that scene in um, classic film um, The Lion King? Where, um, where Timon hands his tail to Pumbaa, says, hold this, and then turns around and proceeds to march out there. Let me at him! Let me at him! <laughs> Something like that. What's unclear to me is who is going to play Pumbaa in this context. Lan. Or Egwene. <laughs> Certainly not Elaine. <laughs> Never. <laughs> you know it better than that. Alright, no, but you said you had a full episode on this. What else you got? No shit. Okay, but a lot of it's on the chapter as a whole, and I'd like to Oh, okay, start yeah, you can get it. Yeah, no, definitely. The pattern ain't a man! <laughs> yes, yes, it did. Mm-hmm. She's been screaming just that sentence <laughs> for quite some time, actually. Okay, but like, <laughs> what happened to him? Where is he? Is he okay? Is he dead? Will he come back? You will never find out, even if you read. That poor man. I hope he's dead. <laughs> I, hope yep. he's, I hope he's not suffering. So did Matt. <laughs> <laughs> so did Matt. <laughs> I just didn't expect with the pattern to break, it would break like this. Oh, actually, I have. I it's think it's probably going to start breaking in other places too. I have an answer to a question that you asked earlier. Ooh, ooh. What? What's that? Oh, I was just excited. Oh, for this. Okay. Um, it's. You asked why it didn't take the man's hat. Yeah. And I have a theory. Mm-hmm. The pattern very clearly wanted to write out a person, right? Mm-hmm. There's nothing in there about it took the grass around him. It took a squirrel that was going by. It took the dirt or rocks beneath him. It took a man, right? But And the hat would have been the only article of clothing that he had on him that wasn't covering an actual part of his body. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? The hat could just be cleanly left out of the process, mm-hmm. whereas, like, the socks could not. I don't think the pattern wanted to write him out, though. I think it's a result of balefire damage. It's bubble of evil kind of stuff. Sorry, let me backtrack that. I shouldn't suggest that the pattern did it intentionally, but I mean that the necessity mm. was mm. for the removal of one person. You mm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not that the pattern wanted it, but just that, like, that's what was demanded yeah. by the mm. ra- the numbers kind of thing. The matrix. Thanks, Seeking mm-hmm. to balance. That's my theory. Yeah, it was fucked. And, like, it seemed like it went for so long. It, like, it was minutes that they watched it be so... Like, sinking more and more into the ground. Mm-hmm. And they watched and stood there. Mm-hmm. And Valen motherfucking Luca somehow got them to walk over that ground. Yeah, he did. That was a beautiful, like, chapter to read. Like, honest to God, mm-hmm. one of my favorite chapters of this whole series. Like, wonderfully written. Mm-hmm. I'd agree with that. Shit, there was something else. Something else about a man just getting eaten. <laughs> just getting fucking eaten. Like, what happened to his horses? Did they go too? Yeah, they were. They were the ones that started screaming at first, and then he jumped down to see what they were screaming about. Aww. I thought I always hoped the horses would be spared. Mm, it was directly stated that they were not. It, it was, I was high when I read it. <laughs> True dead. As it happens, Davy Jones Price was one man and two horses. Mm. And the carriage they were in. Collateral damage. Nothing about a hat, though. Fuck your hat. <laughs> Wasn't part of the original deal. We just kind of bought it on an impulse. <laughs> a couple towns back. Mm-hmm. 
latest intel didn't include that, so the uh, the attack didn't include that either. What goods do you think he sold? <laughs> um, General Peddler shit, I think, would be like books, things that villages don't have the um, a num- amount of people necessary to support the production of, so pins, pots, mm-hmm. potentially. Um, blacksmith stuff, if their town's small enough, they don't have a blacksmith. Interesting. I was hoping it was going to be a dumb answer, but that's fine. <laughs> All the popcorn in the world. Damn. I'm sorry, I'm going to interject with something. Because mm. I was thinking about people driving around selling things, right? Mm-hmm. Forgot to tell you about this. On my way home from work yesterday, I saw an honest-to-God ice cream truck. In this, the year of our Lord COVID-19. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. It wasn't decked out for to be an ice cream truck. It was, like, built like one. It was, like, this very dark pink color. And on the side, there was a logo for... It was, like, a food truck company that specialized in donuts. So it was an Ostagat ice cream truck that drove around through the neighborhoods selling donuts instead. And it was really strange, and it kind of felt like a bubble of evil. <laughs> I should have learned how to make donuts. <coughs> God, should you ever. <laughs> for the games. I would kill for a Boston cream right now. That's fair. Alright, anything else in the rest of the chapter? Nothing that sticks out particularly. I like that Lewin is trying to not be Sean Sean and be a nice person. But I was like, that's a nice change. That's legit. Um, you had some other predictions that were unrelated to this chapter that you wanted to discuss. Oh, I did. Um, so yeah, Noel's just straight up Jane Farstrider. No one will ever be able to convince me of that unless I meet Jane Farstrider. Specifically. Or see his grave. Yeah, and it's like not Noel. Also, I successfully predicted that Settle and Anne was an Aes Sedai and had burned herself out. I gave her a little confirmation of a theory as a treat. <laughs> as a treat. And then ten pages later, I actually found out. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's like, <laughs> like, yeah, sure. I can look good here. It's a pretty, uh, pretty sad treat. <laughs> no, it was good. It's nice to know that some of my predictions are correct. Yeah, just... I think it's more that you would have found out ten pages later. That's true. Which, like, what does that take a person to read? A minute and a half? No. <laughs> no, I think it's ten minutes. I think I was a page a minute in the Wheel of Time, but I don't remember. Well... I don't think I'm that fast at all. Apparently my bruise is like Jesus toast, according to our Discord. If you all know what that means, join our Discord, I guess. Yeah, join our Discord, yeah. where you get to see bruises that Shame has that look like faces. Yeah, it ha- even had nostrils. It was violated while doing deadlifts. <laughs> By the barbell. By the barbell. Okay. Uh, along my wild deadlifting. What's up? Mm. How is Matt just supposed to know what to do? Maureen's like, he'll just know. Matt does not know. Yo, they've spent this entire series building up the fact that Matt is slowly unlocking memories from <laughs> other lives that are not his own. <laughs> learning new things about things he shouldn't possibly know about. Also, what city are they planning to head to? The Tower of Genji. That's not a city. Before that. Um, Gerador. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, Luca made a very long speech about it. Yeah, but are they breaking? Is Matt breaking off before then? We haven't discussed that yet fully. Okay. Oh. 
I don't remember what I was going to say, actually. I'm pretty high. Yeah, uh, that's, that's the weed for you. Yep, that is. The weed weaves as the weed wills. Indeed it does. <laughs> you know, but like, Moraine's alive, and I'm so glad I never gave up on my girl Moraine, and I'm so glad that she's going to be back for hopefully four books. But I've heard there's lots of Elaine in this book. Yes. Why are Robert Jordan going to do me dirty like this? <laughs> I think the way I've... Okay, so I'm on the same book that um, No Swo is on because I listened to my audiobooks when I was driving to and from work and I haven't been driving to and from work for two hours every day, so... Two hours total. Hour each way. Um, so I haven't been listening to my audiobooks this much. But I'm still like seven chapters ahead of No Spo in this book. And I was listening to it while I was doing tour this morning. And I was describing to her how much Elaine is in this book. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I went out. I picked up all the dog poo food our yard. <laughs> I weeded my entire vegetable garden. I vacuumed the house. And also, I'm pretty sure the last time I listened to my audiobook, it was also just Elaine. And it had been all Elaine yeah. today. Nosebo was not, not impressed. I don't need this much Elaine. I really don't. <laughs> None of us did. <laughs> I don't know why Robert Jordan did this. She's gotten significantly better, I will say. It's still just like, I want to see what else is happening, but they stick on her for such a long period of time. It's almost frustrating. Because you know other things are happening elsewhere. Yeah, fucking, I gotta resurrect Moraine. What the fuck? Yeah. That's a big weakness in a lot of fantasy series, though. Is like, authors not knowing how to balance their time between points of view. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I think George Martin's pretty terrible at it. I think Tolkien wasn't great about it. I think Robert Jordan wasn't great about it. Um, Malazan was pretty good. Malazan was pretty good about it, generally. Um, I'm trying to think of other fantasy I've read, but to be honest, I'm Joe. so high I can't read, and I'm looking at the bookshelves like... Joe Abercrombie. Pretty well balanced. Um, not Terry Good Kind, different Terry. Oh, Terry Brooks, never read them. There's only like 20 of his books on our shelves, but I haven't oh, read Oh, Tad. Any. Tad Williams. Yeah, Tad Williams a little unbalanced at times. Actually, as a person, Tad Williams is a wonderful and seemingly stable human being. Let me, let me be clear in my <laughs> language here. He can't balance between plot lines sometimes. Um, although, if you are a fan of Tad Williams um, and you don't know this, uh, during COVID, he's been doing reading nights every Sat uh, Sunday evening, I think, where he goes and streams for like three or four hours, Facebook uh, live on Facebook, and just like reads short stories he's never released Aww. and stuff. And then he just like chats with people in the chat. He hangs out with his Facebook friends. So if you're a fan, you should go check that out. That's fun. If you're not a fan, you've never read the stuff, you should. Tad Williams, amazing author. I'm going to let us get back on track now, though. I just like sharing fun things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's so many th sad things. Yeah. We mm -hmm. did three episodes about trauma and we're talking about doing a fourth already. <laughs> For the rest we, of Rand's trauma. We need some happy things. It's true. Moraine's not dead. Moraine's not <laughs> dead yet. No. As far as we know, she also could have died since she wrote the letter. No. Because she also didn't know if she would be alive by the time he read the letter. No. Or by the time he could do anything about the letter. That was very clearly stated in it. No. Moraine isn't necessarily alive. No. Robert Jordan wouldn't do true. that to me. That'd be so unfair. Okay, Robert Jordan did a lot of unfair things, including writing so much Elaine. <laughs> So, like... Okay, but what the fuck even are the Eelfin and the Aelfin? Like, what the shit? Creatures from a parallel dimension. 
What the fuck do they hyper intelligent? Very greedy. They feed off emotions. Yeah, why the fuck they gotta be messing around here? We got enough of our own shit to do, you know? What do they want with Moraine? Why'd she die the first time? Why'd Lanfear die the first time? How do we know either of them died the first time? Because Sindane is here. I will tell you that the Aelfin and the Aelfin did not kill Lanfear. Oh, that means Marina actually killed her. No, it doesn't. I don't think. No. No. Do we ever actually find out about this? Yes. Okay. So we can't talk about it. Um. But yeah, that's fun. And, like, are the Eelfin actually, like, stealing Matt's memories? Like, does that get explain what they're fucking doing? Or is Matt just already hit it right on the money? Read and find out? Oh my goodness. But, actually, um... I will say, I kind of like the Eelfin and Eelfin as characters. Mm-hmm. As, like, plot devices. Because it's not often... Okay, Fantasy authors are there to make escapist fiction that is unrealistic, right? That, mm-hmm. That's the draw of them. But they only do it in very, very, very specific ways, right? Mm-hmm. There's some things you couldn't possibly do in fantasy, right? And some things people just don't bother trying to do. Mm-hmm. Like there's, you still got to have your humans, right? You generally have some sort of elf or ogier or troll or something, right? Or dwarf. Mm-hmm. But, um, oh, holy shit, I'm not allowed to forget where I was going with this. Oh, no. What was I saying? Shit. You like the Eelfin and the Elfin as plot Oh, okay, okay, okay. Right, right, right. We're allowed to deviate from from reality in specific cliched ways. Mm -hmm. And it's not often that a fantasy author says, hey, realistically... In another world, it is entirely possible for life to emerge in the similar-ish material conditions to us, but develop sensory organs and systems Mm -hmm. that react to the sensory data available to us in the world in a different way, right? Human beings adapted our senses because that's how we adapted our senses. We didn't have to. It's theoretically possible other life forms mm-hmm. in other instances could evolve that interpret the world completely differently with an entirely different set of senses, right? Mm-hmm. That is even just on Earth. That's even just on Earth. That's not even to mention outside of our solar system, galaxy, what have you, right? Yeah. Um, but I think Robert Jordan's exploring that a little bit with the Eelfin and the Aelfin as like a non-standard deviation from reality. Mm-hmm. He's cutting outside of tropes to say, like, hey, what if there were these kind of non-humanoid creatures in a parallel dimension that had a uber high-tech society but, like, subsisted on consuming emotions? Because that's just how they work. That's, that's pretty non-standard. I always felt like stepping into the Eelfin and the Elfin world is like stepping into a sci-fi novel almost. Mm-hmm. A little bit, yeah. It's it's very outside the norm. And I personally really, really like it. No, that's fair. I think they're cool characters. They're a cool part of the plot. Um, I think they're a cool risk that more authors should take. Mm. Well, we, I just don't know a lot about them yet, presumably. And, and, you, and you never will. <laughs> well. You will find out more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. More than I currently know, please. And, like, there was a... there, and You could see, like, the connection to it on the fox head medallion. Like, I think it's got the same symbol that Oliver draws that starts mm-hmm. snakes and foxes. Mm-hmm. And also the Aes Sedai symbol, which is weird. In the eyeball. Yeah. So it's not big. Um... But I don't think it's that weird considering it was it's a terror angrel was made by us today. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Just a signature, I guess. 
So no watermark. Yeah, yeah. Property of the White Tower. <laughs> the intellectual property. Oh goodness. <laughs> <laughs> they eventually get the internet in Randland. The White Tower becomes the Universal Music Group of Randland. Starts demonetizing people's Facebook or sorry YouTube videos. You can't use ice and eye content. <laughs> just some kid found a random tearing girl that blows stuff up and they're making weird compilation videos of them pranking their friends and stuff. Demonetized property of White Tower Media. Jeez <laughs> Louise. Okay, do we have any other comments on the book thus far or anything you're reading? Oh, I had something. No, I don't remember what it was anymore, though. Do you remember anything about it? I think it involved... Oh, I liked that the sisters figured out that, no, they could not do anything. They could not directly channel at Matt, but they could direct things to hit Matt with the power. So he just leave his tent and get pelted with rocks. <laughs> Look. Be a little bit bad for Matt. Yeah, Matt gets worse than he deserves in basically the entire series. Oh, he does. Matt has the roughest time. He did spank an eye today, though. He did. And, and that was big yikes. Yeah, but the thing about boy Matt turned it around when he uncollared jo- Jolene. Yeah. Jo- Jolene. Okay. Jolene. Credits on. Jolene, Jolene. And she was like, do you want to be my warder? <laughs> oh, no, yeah, like, I forgot she said that. Matt was like, no. <laughs> Not even remotely. <laughs> I kind of dislike you. Any other major moments lately? Oh, fuck. Matt knows where he needs to go. Because he remembers in his own memories. Mm-hmm. When he was oh, on yeah. Roman's boat. Yep. That's right. Now I understand what you were asking. Yeah, fucked. The Tower of Granger. Well, it's fucked too, because, like, what are the odds of Matt actually remembering that since he almost remembers nothing of that time? Mm-hmm. It was described so beautifully that it triggered the memory. Mm-hmm. For Tavirin. Mm-hmm. I have another theory. Mm-hmm. They intentionally left him that memory because they wanted him to he, find that. You know what I mean? He mm-hmm. remembered the memory coming back, though. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but how? where do you think he's going to have to go to get more information on the tower? Because what could he do with it right now? You wouldn't even be able to get in. No, not at all. So how do you... So you obviously can't go there right away. Where do you think he's going to go? Probably to find Brigida. And Elaine and Nynaeve. Uh, Not Nynaeve. um, Avienda. Hmm. Ask her about it. Because she probably would know just based on... So you think he'll be going to Caelan? I do. Okay. Your, you, your vote has been registered with the proper authorities. Thank you. <laughs> oh. And also, the shit with two ones kind of fucked up. The which one? The shit with two ones kind of fucked oh, up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fun like, character to read, not actually a great character. You know? Mm hmm. I think we were talking about this in the garage a little bit. Because for a lot of the time when we actually meet Tuwan beyond just her kind of appearing in the palace in Ebudar is after she's been kidnapped. So she's not in that role of enforcing the Empire every day. Mm-hmm. So then when she has, you know, the three fucking eyes that I on coll- are collared and leashed, you are reminded that she is very, very intensely a part of that system, actually, and... Is one of the people enforcing it. And did it because she literally said they were bothering me. Yeah. Like. And then we also what? discussed her saying I choose or I may have the ability but I choose not to and that makes me different. 
And we compared that very, very strongly to, like, in certain cultures where it's like, okay, well, it's fine if you're gay, but you you can't act on it, you know? You have to still... God will only love you if you don't uh-huh. act on it. It's that kind of bullshit logic. Yeah, it's really... Logical fallacy. And, and it's really telling for Tuan's character there, because in, in essence, what she's saying is, I'm making the conscious choice to not view these people as human beings. Which is, like, really, really insidious. It is. I'm a um, superior intellect of them because I'm choosing not to be them is basically... Yeah, This yeah. is why they're lesser than humans because they're yeah. choosing to fall on this and nothing else. And that's, that means I get to treat them however I like and mm-hmm. violate their bodies, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. in very major ways. That really does parallel to how a lot of people feel about a lot of other people. In and this I kind of hate... Matt for liking her anyways. Yeah. A little bit. Because he should know better. There's plenty of tavern girls that would just be delighted. It's true. And he'd be delighted to have plenty of tavern girls. Yeah. I said this to Mr. BuzzFeed yesterday. This whole book series is Matt Cawthon trying to be anything but Matt Cawthon, but is resigned to being Matt Cawthon anyway. (laughs) Yep. Matt gets done pretty dirty. Fairly consistently. He has a pretty rough go of it. Right from the first book, Shatter Logoth. Yeah. Well, I suppose they all had first book trauma. Theory. We know Brandon Sanderson didn't like Matt. I'm going to argue that maybe Robert Jordan didn't either. (laughs) He did him dirty for a long time. True. 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 He killed him how many times? Mm-hmm. True. At least three, right? Mm-hmm. We talked okay. about this. No. We talked about this. No, you're counting a t- with the wall falling on him, he didn't die. Fine. The wall falling on him in Ebudar. Yeah. Just to clarify for our listeners. Mm. He did die when the other wall fell on him. That was lightning, actually. Oh, I thought it was a wall. And then a a wall fell and lightning Mm -hmm. came down. But it was the lightning. They were not actually crushed by the wall. That's good for them. Yeah. (laughs) It's pretty buff. They're corpses, you know? Yeah. Standing up to that wall. (laughs) (laughs) Not going to let you get me down. (laughs) Lightning! Rough. That scene in the road to El Dorado when the guy gets stepped on by the giant stone beast. He lifts its body. He's like, hey, I'm okay. Another foot falls on him. (laughs) Oh, that's legit. Um... So were you about wrapping up on that topic? On Knife mm-hmm. of Dream chapter All 10. All right. We saw a prompt on the internet today. Yes, a prompt on Twitter. Um, and we ended up DMing the... I ended up DMing the maker of the tweet asking if we could discuss it in our episode tonight. Because <laughs> it just... I, I fell in love with the prompt. Can you, do you remember who that is? Yes, it's also know. saved in our likes on Twitter. Oh, I actually have Twitter open on my computer. Isn't this convenient? Hi. But you know what? I realize I think I liked the wrong tweet. Well, Uh-oh. maybe I didn't. It's okay. I'm just going to go there. So at Juiced Pear. On Twitter. Juiced Pear on Twitter. So the prompt is, would you rather fight one loyal-sized Nynaeve or ten <laughs> Nynaeve sized <laughs> loyals. No, no channeling allowed. <laughs> and I saw people getting into this on Twitter. There it was like getting to be a heated debate too, but I didn't want to get into it. Okay, so wait, there's there's one loyal, but it's Nynaeve sized. No, 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 no. There's one loyal sized Nynaeve. Oh, okay. One but... gigantic Nynaeve. Okay. Or ten, ten tiny nine... loyals. Yep. When you're gig- fighting them. One gigantic Nynaeve. Mm-hmm. If channeling is not allowed. Mm-hmm. I can't overestimate the reach advantage, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. 
I'd rather be overreached than have the potential to be overpowered. Yeah, because ten to one's pretty shitty odds. Ten to one's pretty fucked, but I don't think ten to one can attack you directly. You know what I mean? And like, they can encircle you at least. Yeah. And I guess I'm looking at it from a much greater height than you do, too. Yes. And what if they had axes, you know? <laughs> I would hope I'd have some weapons, too. You're <laughs> wielding axes. Maybe a morning star, you know? What if the, one Flail. of them got behind you? I'd spin. <laughs> You're in a circle! I, I, I would spin with a oh, with right, a, the morning, my morning star. star and just oh. obliterate them all as they come in. Okay. So you, your opinion is ten small loyals, but on the condition that you have a morning star. Yes. Okay. So without a morning star, you'd fight the the nine that's the loyal. No. Loyal size nine without, without the weapon, I would fight the loyal size nine <laughs> I think I would probably go for the loyal size nine Why? It's only one person, and like. But they're gigantic. They're like, yeah, but like, it's I'm nine name size. These yeah. are just dead of me. <laughs> but they're also ogres. Yeah. Well, that's fair. I just got to go for the lesser numbers. Yeah. yeah. Lamora's got a chance against a loyal size nine name. You know, that's a Dungeons and Dragons reference for our patrons. Excuse me, Dankshins and Dragons. My mistake. Yeah, so there. Um, okay, but what about you, No Spo? I would fight the Night Ave. The singular Night Ave. I just think I'd have a better chance. One to one. I understand a little something about ratios. <laughs> I don't believe you. I know that one to one is better odds. When it's in, then ten to one when it's in their favor. Yeah, but you're leaving out the whole qualitative aspect of what the ten and the one are. You know, that's you can't just use numbers. Facts don't care about your feelings. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm just issuing a formal apology. I did mean that, memingly. I need you to know, everyone, to be clear. So, (laughs) there was an issue with this tweet when it was originally posted. It was accidentally posted backwards. And I suggest that we answer that question now. So, would you rather fight one giant loyal or ten small naives? Ten small (laughs) naives. Yeah. Are they smaller than normal naives? Let's say so. Just make it interesting. Loyal's well, bigger than normal. Well, then absolutely I would go for the 1090. <laughs> yeah, yeah then, like, no question. <laughs> that's terrifying. So in both instances, we would fight the 90s. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to fight Bigfoot on steroids, thank you very much. <laughs> that's dumb. <laughs> I know what that man or what that ogier would do to defend the life of someone he protected, wanted to protect, you know? Yeah, and, like, I'd, I'd rather take my chances against ten angry children, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh. I got long legs, I can kick from far away. <laughs> I'll take my fucking chances, thank you very much. Okay, what if they can channel? Okay, well, that completely changes everything, because yeah. if there's channeling involved, you absolutely have to fight loyal in every, every time. instance. Yeah. No matter the permeation of the question, because, like... You'd just be shielded right away, or you would just be... Yeah. Picked up with some air, you know? Yep. Bail fired. Bail fired! That name does not use that sparingly. There's this escalation. Well, Nynaeve doesn't do anything, like, half-assed, right? No, it's true. Nynaeve either does it at 11, or she doesn't do it at all. And it's one of the trademarks of her personality. It really is. we love her. We are very fond of her. Realized I haven't written this prop down. I should do that in my notes. Oh no. Um. So my answer, as always, go with the little ones. <laughs> Kick them between the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Kick them in the jibs. Is that what the jibs are? 
I think jibs are supposed to be the mouth. Mm. I think. I think that's that phrase. Oh, yeah, I, I think so. If not, it's also a type of sail. Huh. You learn something new every day. A jib. I don't. <laughs> I'm so dumb. How long have you been? What's that? How long have you been? 46 minutes. Well, okay. Let's see if I have a quick one in here. Do we have a quick prompt we could do? I'm sorry mm-hmm. I did talk about Yeah, how dare you? <laughs> do you think Lanvier and Grendel ever did it? Oh, Jesus Christ, that's how we're going to take this one. <laughs> yes. Um, my answer is yes. Why? Because <clears throat> Grandal is horny enough to have taken Lanfear up on that at any time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Grandal would always have been a yes. Lanfear only needed one moment of weakness. And we have seen her be unstable enough. And flip-flop back and forth doing some of the weirdest, craziest shit that I think at some point in history, she was just like at a place where she just wanted Grendel's body. And Grendel, as we know, was going to be a yes. (laughs) I don't think that Lanfear would fuck anyone except Luz Theron. What about before she met Luz Theron? Back then, Grendel was a person who like spoke for minimalism and was like a huge bitch and just wanted everybody to not have it every anything in life and she's just the worst kind of street preacher yeah and she was also like a psychologist what the fuck yeah she was a huge public figure i think so sorry i don't think lanfear had a chance hot take she was just a weirder jordan b peterson oh my god Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Actual <laughs> psychological skills. Mm, good point. Very good point. Horrible. Um, but but yeah, my take is that they did. But I don't let's think de- so. Let's, de- let's defend that she wouldn't like. Well, one, I don't think it would happen before Luz Theron because they're having or Grendel being like psycho. Mm. Um. And Lanfear being a nobody. True. And then after it, I don't think they would trust each other enough to willingly be in that position with another one. True. I don't think Lanfear would. I think Grendel might. Maybe. No spoke. No, I agree. With shame. Okay. Oh. Yeah, I'm sorry. Rip. I think they are both. I think they are both written far too heteronormatively. Okay, but if we're forced to, if we're forced to imagine everything is exactly as heteronormative as it's been written, life gets so boring. Okay, that's true. So, okay, so what (laughs) situations do we think they would potentially fuck? The night of Luz Theron's wedding. Yes. That is like the depth of the despair that Yeah, exactly. She she got out of prison for trying to disrupt the wedding and then just got drunk. And Grendel was like, oh, they're there. It's okay. More wine. Yeah. <laughs> Grendel may have taken slight advantage. Yeah, well, that would be exactly in line with her character. Yeah. So, Smeagol did it once. He can do it again. Mmm. Dragon. Um. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, but no, I, I just I think there are times like that. There's probably more too, you know, like yeah. times we might not necessarily hear from the lore, but like mm-hmm. major events in either her life or Luz Theron's life where she had reason to be upset because it worked out better for him in some yeah. way. And I think Grendel, too, would also be willing to use compulsion on Lanfear. That was something that Grendel wanted. Oh, yeah. Considering she has used compulsion on Lanfear. I think we can safely say that for for all of the Forsaken, they're willing to do whatever they have to to get what they want. Yeah, uh, true. That that doesn't exclude using on each other. Yeah. I don't... I guess Grendel would probably kind of covet Lanfear, almost like Professor Slugshorn. 
covet students like adding to the collection exactly mm-hmm. be on the list right That'd because be landfear is our landfear is acknowledged as the most beautiful woman like in the world per, uh, like yeah. canonically like it's stated <laughs> make her a very highly coveted prize i would think yeah Do you think that Grendel ever just, like, compulsed Lanfear and tried to hide her in, and then, like, Moradin or Ishabel had to come and be like, where did you put her this time? <laughs> Horrible. Free her and be like, let's go, Lanfear. <laughs> <laughs> and Grendel's just, ah, oh, nuts happens so often that it starts to feel like a repeating radiant quest in Skyrim. Oh, God. Your spouse keeps getting kidnapped. Have to go free them from bandits. Horrible. Some shit. Well, as we as we discussed yeah. at the beginning of our Grendel High History episode, she's not a good person. Yeah. Like. True. She is a villain. And she does very villainous, horrible things. A lot. Mm-hmm. But Maureen's alive, baby. But Maureen's alive. And I can't emphasize this enough, but the pattern ate a man. Jumped <laughs> <laughs> him right up. He got hungry and was just like, oh, this man will do. <laughs> like, and his horses do. <laughs> Appetizer. Before the main Disgusting. <laughs> Horrible. Horrible. All right. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Weed of Time podcast, and we hope you tune in again soon. Please let us know any of your thoughts on today's episode on Twitter or Discord at the Weed of Time, and check out our Patreon for cool bonuses like early access to all of our episodes. If you have a second to rate and review our podcast, we would greatly appreciate it. And until next time, remember that the weed weaves as the weed wills. Bye. How can you see?